0: Hey, Thumpers! Welcome back to another film review from Hyper RPG. Today, we are reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy oh. Volume oh, yes, Two from writer yeah. and director James Gunn. Yep. The fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth—I don't I even know. Ready. I lost count of how many more movies they made in the last like fifteen years. There's been so 8, many. 000. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm very, very excited to talk about this movie. There's so much to digest. Fifteen.
1: Fifteenth, I think. Probably. I just did the math. It's it's twelve because it went six and six, and then Captain America: Civil War, <laughs> Doctor Strange, and then this Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. Two.
0: Boom! Sorry. There you go. Fun fact. <laughs> we don't
1: need the yeah.
2: internet.
0: I'm Adam Hlavac, and I'm joined here with
1: Augustine Rios and Hector Navarro, and I'm so excited to get into this. Let's he spoiler yeah. talk. Me too. We yes. Can. So this uh, yes. Is talk about it. This is
0: going to be a spoiler conversation. So you have not seen this movie. Make sure you guys check out this non-spoiler review that Hector did a few weeks ago. He mm-hmm. he saw it. He got to see it quite a few weeks ago. Uh, he did a non-spoiler review very very eloquent very well done some, some people that's, yeah you know i, try, I really some people try were, were a anything, little bit salty but they, some,
1: but they had there, but there was a lot of like good comments hey. about like uh, uh i think i got hit up on twitter somebody didn't even watch that video until
0: they went and saw the movie yeah. still but uh-huh. they were
1: still like hey good job but you know right. it didn't um, well, i think i think yeah. people
0: forget the fact that like when you're reviewing a movie sometimes it's really hard to give a lot of context because you you fall into that category of potentially spoiling the movie sure yeah and that's sure. the thing yeah. that we don't want to do we don't want to spoil the movie with a non-spoiler review we want to give you just enough to kind of Give you a first impression of how you feel about the movie, and then we'll go back, we'll do a spoiler review, and then we can really. Get into Absolutely. the movie. Absolutely. I've um, seen the
1: movie twice. How many times have you guys seen the movie? I saw it once. One time. time. One, time. Um, one time. And it saw it in three D. The three D was dope. I didn't yeah. see it in three D. The three D was 3D. Dope. Not, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, talk outside about Outside of it. a few little things here and there, sure. I was like, yeah, this is yeah, much, yeah, yeah, for much sure. better than 2D. This is an interesting but,
0: movie as well because um, unlike all the other movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this one really stands on its own. Yeah. It does it's not really beholden to the timeline of the MCU. It doesn't take yeah. place in in sort of a real time. It only takes place, I think, a few months after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Two months. So technically
1: Technically, this is kind of interesting in 2014. Yeah. So the it movie takes, takes place, place before, in 2014. Yeah. Because the first Gardens of the Galaxy came out in 2014. August. Yeah. And in the beginning of the movie, they start you in Missouri, mm-hmm. 1980. Mm-hmm. Yes. With a young Kurt Russell. Yes. With a lot of makeup and a lot of CG. It looks great. Yeah. And yeah. Meredith Quill. Yeah. And then it cuts to 34 years later. So. Star-Lord is 34, but that means it's also the year 2014. Yeah. Oh, it straight up said 34 years later. It didn't say right. 37 years. Yeah, it didn't yeah. say it's 2017. Right. So in 2014. So the, at, by the time this movie ends to next year's 2018, four movies, four years rather, mm-hmm. I think is about the time it's going to take place between Guardians 2 and when we see them
0: in Avengers Infinity right, War. Right, so, right, so that right, means right. it,
1: Groot will probably be grown up into something right. else.
0: This movie, uh, unlike the volume one, was written and directed by James Gunn. The first one was written Uh, by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman, who really built, I guess you would say, the first version of this movie. Correct. Uh, Then he came in and kind of added his James Gunn flair to this. Second movie, he's really in control of the whole thing from beginning to end. (coughs) Same cast, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, uh, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Michael Rooker. uh, Who else we got in there? Sean Gunn. Karen Gillan, Sean Gunn. Mm -hmm. All these people who saw in in (coughs) Volume 1 coming back um there's even a cameo by the guy that played peter's uh granddad yes he was driving really? the truck for two seconds
1: yeah. when that shit was happening That's on earth right. behind the dairy queen oh, and he got stopped up by the truck for two seconds and i'm like oh, that okay. was a deleted scene yep. probably yep, so yep, he was yep. dancing in the credits for two seconds yeah. along with the the uh uh oh my god what's his name the grandmaster i think the the jeff goldblum character oh yeah the oh, one that we're not gonna see yeah, until yeah, thor yeah, ragnarok yeah, yeah.
0: yeah um so and and you know this movie this movie tries to introduce or it introduces a couple of other characters we've got mantis by played by palm Clementif. we've got ego the living planet played by Kurt russell and we get a lot more with karen gillen's nebula mm-hmm. um so first let's talk about the things that were the positives for us what were some things about this movie that you really really enjoyed the
2: thing that struck me most about this movie was that i feel this is the most comic book book e movie that we've seen so far I, I, From Marvel or for just in general? Just in general. It's and, right. and, super comic And that's book-y. only because, okay, so the opening sequence, we get Baby Groot dancing around. And, yes, it is a Marvel comic booky thing, Let's and it is you, like Scott, a dance sequence.
1: Tell us why.
2: There was so much going on that it was kind of hard to pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's great. But at the same time, I think about it in my head. When I was a kid reading comic books, I didn't imagine the fights being this nicely perfectly choreographed fight there was stuff happening explosions happening things yeah. were going wrong things were going right. right and that was really exemplified for me in the very last fight too with 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 ego inside the yeah. core of the planet right. there was so much going on and and it it was kind of chaotic and at times it was a little hard to follow mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily a bad thing because they ended up tying the strings together but i loved when they were flying around and shooting their blasters mm-hmm. and like rocket looked like such a badass flying yeah. through the yeah. air like in his little with his big old gun and then like you got Groot going down into the core of the planet yeah, yeah. and you got Peter fighting Dude, with ego One of my favorite
1: died. Rocket moments Was in the middle of the movie When the Ravagers attack And they like Corner him He's like Not so tough Without your guns huh? And he just leaps at him yeah, Like a yeah, raccoon yeah, yeah. And beats the, the shit out of the guy Oh it's like Rocket's yeah. such a there great was, character So
2: I And I really enjoyed this movie For the fact That they really owned They were First of all They were unapologetic about About the yeah, CG right. The CG was Out of this world The colors were Out of this world But Beautiful they colors. really Owned everything They owned the CG They owned the fact That they were A comic book movie They mm-hmm. owned Their characters Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, I had a few issues with the characters, but we'll get on that later. Mm-hmm. But overall, it I was I so enjoyed like the movie.
1: cosmic comic booky. Yes, like exactly. the, the the first world and tone that like the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one established. Marvel's leaning into it so hard with this one, and right, they're probably right, going right. to lean in, into it with as much as it's going to take space in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and yeah. it's like going forward from now on. Anytime we go into space, it's going to look like Guardians. It's going to yeah. be colorful, it's and then be crazy. when they're zipping through the when they're like uh, jumping, it's <laughs> oh, all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. but Their even then like crazy. we jumped past the watchers and stan lee mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. that moment mm-hmm. was like i had a chance to see the movie before i i went to go talk to james gunn and i sat down and asked him a couple questions but i told him before i sat down i walked in i'm like i'm sorry this is going to be a spoiler for everybody that's in this room if you guys haven't seen it yet and as i was sitting down i was like james the watchers you did the you put the watchers in this and he was like oh yeah oh yeah yeah." and i'm like people are gonna freak out yeah. it's so yeah. cool it's so awesome yeah. and it's so marvel Absolutely. and it's so cosmic and it's so uh especially Stanley and Jack Kirby, and so much of the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy, including the original Guardians that kind of make appearances in this, played by Sly Stallone, and and Michael Rosenbaum was Martinex, the sort of Mm -hmm. diamond guy Mm -hmm. that you couldn't tell that was him. Um, Michelle Yeoh shows up at the end, and Ding Rames is Charlie Mm -hmm. 27. Those are like the original Guardians of the Galaxy from the comics, and that's very Jim Starlin. That's very, like, 70s and 80s Marvel. Mm -hmm. So it was just such a beautiful, like, love letter to the space side of Marvel. Mm -hmm. Even having Mm -hmm. ego the planet in this ego the living planet which is one of the craziest kookiest fucking stupidest ideas in comics yeah and they did yeah. it beautifully yeah. but then they'll also make fun of other stuff in marvel where he's like your name's Tazerface and they make <laughs> fun of that <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like i can't believe yeah. it's a day for dumb names like they right. they do both they right. love the the silliness but they also know when to make fun of it so
2: that the you know the the audience is on your side and you can kind of buy it right but it's so cosmic another thing that i that i love is the fact that they took a concept like the the celestials and ego the living planet and made it digestible to people i know because if i would have jumped into a comic book with with Ego the Living Planet and just jumped Look. into a storyline, I would have been confused as shit. Totally. I could, I but could, they I did can, such a good job. I can try
1: to explain something like Ego the Living Planet to like people, friends of mine, loved ones that don't yeah. read
0: comics, and it's stupid. Yeah, But it's exactly. like,
1: mm, just sit down and watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yeah. and they're like, oh, okay, I get what this t- character yeah, is exa- about. It's digestible.
0: Yeah. I, I agree, yeah. I think so, the, the big highlights for me... I think visually, yeah, I think visually it's very much embracing what a comic book is. Mm-hmm. It definitely plays with a lot of tones. It plays with, and color-wise, like it's a really big range of colors in the palette itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact, I think Marvel for the most part has been shooting all their stuff on the ARRI Alexa. And for this movie, I, I don't know if this is the first or maybe it's one of the first. Uh, they've been shooting, they've been shooting this on the Red, I think it's the Red Weapon, mm-hmm. which is Red's new AK camera, which... If you know anything about, about those red cameras, they very, yeah. very much suck up reds and, and oranges and yellows, like those sort right, of tones. Right. And I think in this movie, they really went for it. They really oh, yeah. put, took the color and they went full blast with it. it. Just full LSD. Exactly. And yeah. I, But I think like there's short a... Drive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but Let's I think to your guys' point, I think it works for this sort of a, a, a world because yeah. it does take place in outer space. It takes place in places that we have never, you know... Space is an interesting thing because space is so uncharted. We don't know really what it looks like. We only have references. But of all the references that you look at of space, it's very colorful, very vibrant. And I feel like they just kind of went like, you know what, let's just embrace this full thing. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right when you say that every time we go, every time the MCU goes into the cosmic world, every time we go into deep space, Mm -hmm. it'll be very different. It'll be more... Light the tone will be a little more lighthearted. We'll we'll have a little bit more fun and yeah. it'll be we're really gonna embrace the palette of what this is because it's right. so ridiculous and it's so out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really makes the movie strong. I think the performances are really strong. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Pratt Chris Pratt's performance alongside Kurt Russell's as Ego the Living Planet. He sells it. They, they, have, a good job. they yeah. have such a really yeah. good bond. And I think they work so well together. And I know a lot of people have been complaining that Guardians of the Galaxy is a story about a team. And this movie feels like it's more about Star-Lord story. Where I feel like the first movie is very much the introduction of Star-Lord and the entire team. You get a sense of what his story is. Then we spend so much time focused on the team. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of end that movie off of like... More of like on Star Lord's note, where it's like, mm-hmm. what's next for Star Lord? Because this it's movie. Like my dad's not a human? Exactly. Right, this right, movie right. picks it up, runs with it, deals with it. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I do have some issues with how they dealt with it, but they do deal with it. But it still, to some extent, feels like it's a team story because you still have Agreed. Drax, uh, Gamora, Rocket, they, and Groot. They still have integral parts to the story. Right. Um, but I, I love the opening I thought James, the opening of the movie yeah. was so yeah. strong James Gunn said that the first movie is about a group of people becoming a family
1: and the yes. second movie is about them being, being a, family. a family and it I think sense, that that's yeah. 100% accurate yeah. and you know there, there was some characters you can look at probably the most Gamora and Nebula as characters that get a little short-sighted sure. in this movie but, but having I said that I thought when they were together I thought were their great. moments worked really really I well I really mm-hmm. liked the sister relationship yes, I, I like really liked it more
0: so the first movie and I feel like it just wasn't necessarily most appropriate for the first movie because the first movie dealt was something else it was about becoming family yeah, that's a good point whereas this second movie was very much about like how do we deal with being a family and i mm-hmm. love the fact that nebula and gamora had so much tension in this movie that they really had to figure out they had to figure out where they see eye to eye mm-hmm. and kind of make those alliances work together and i mm-hmm. and i can't i can't wait to see how their relationship yeah. What, the, what the effect it has for the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially because we know that the Guardians are coming to Infinity War, is Nebula going to come with them? What sort I of think she's going to be have? in
1: Infinity War, but I, I have a question so for you
0: guys. Yeah. I have a question.
1: Who do you want to see potentially kill Thanos? Nebula? The way she says at the end of this right. movie where she's like, I'm going to destroy him because of all the things he did to me. Or Drax? who said at the end of the first one like yeah. it's Thanos who I have to kill it's right. not Ronan he killed my family and once I kill Thanos which of those two characters would you want to see take out Thanos
2: or neither why not both
0: ah. <laughs> i think i think that's the thing i think i think, yeah. I think uh, a lot of the weight of uh, avengers of infinity war is going to be about the avengers and the guardians setting aside their differences coming together and uniting to defeat one common enemy right right so there's a bit of sure. closure for everyone because Thanos at this point has kind of affected Everything that's happened in the Marvel Cinematic sure. Universe,
1: giving some weapons the, the, the to Loki. The comic book purist
2: in me wants it to be Nebula because it's Nebula. So if you're not, if not, if you're not familiar with the comics, Nebula is the one who ultimately destroys right. Thanos. Yeah, uh, and it's done in kind of non a tradition. It's not a combat. Like yes, she kind of tricks him into giving up the glove, mm-hmm. and and there you go. Like that's how it happened. But at the same time, I feel Drax. like, yeah, Drax. Drax he so his whole arc is yeah, based on the murder his of his family yeah you know? and it's based on the rage he has towards killing thanos and i feel like he needs some sort of redemption yeah some closure because, yeah because in this movie i feel like he was skating along and like coping with it because he had some pretty deep conversations it was great of like oh. coping with you know the death when of yeah. mantis
1: like touches him exactly. and she starts crying when because he's just
2: thinking about his daughter he's calling her ugly like, you're the most hideous thing I've ever (laughs) seen. (laughs) Which is hilarious. You are beautiful Uh, on the inside. inside. (laughs) (laughs) He starts gagging. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I just
1: (laughs) thought of being with you physically.
2: (laughs) No, Trax, I don't like you like that. I
1: don't. Oh, man. (laughs) Listen, the other things that I loved about the movie, too, were um, a couple of different moments, and one in particular. But for me, I thought that Yondu... Like Yondu and Drax steal the movie for me. For me, it's And it, Yondu. Might, it might be Drax it's for tough, me, but it's they're a, it's up a there. Up, yeah, yeah, and Michael so Rooker did such a good job with a character that the seeds were already planted in the first one. If you yeah. go back and watch that first one, I did. It's not crazy. I saw it on TV. <laughs> it's and not I like, crazy. To have him be the father figure in the second because right. even though he's hunting down Peter, he's, you know, he's boy oh, calling you this. And at the end of this last at the end of the first movie, when he opens the thing and sees it's a little troll doll, he smiles. He's not smiling because oh, I'm gonna kill this guy. Yeah. He's smiling because it's like he's my boy and he tricked yeah. me. Yeah. He
0: pulled one over on me. I and there's little good. moments. There's yeah. little moments, you know, like And I think, and the I, think thing. A, I think a lot of that doesn't really work without the second movie. I think totally. you, you look they at Yondu in enhance the first each movie. each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You look at Yondu in the first movie, his relationship with Peter Quill, and you look and you see like, he's kind of a dastardly dick. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really care about Peter. But then you see the, the events of the second movie, and then you go back and you look at in retrospect, and you're like... No, he is like, yeah. he does feel this fatherly yeah. Yeah. love towards this character. He just doesn't know or, how to do not it. Even, exactly. Not even, maybe
2: not of love, just a connection. A connection. He has totally. a, he has kind, a yeah. bond with... A with care. You. Because
0: throughout the whole first
1: movie, he keeps bringing up, he's like, you know, everybody wanted to eat you, boy. Yeah. They never tasted Terran before. Yeah. And
2: it's like, that's his
1: way of saying, hey, I looked out I for you. I watched you. I protected you. Yeah. you. Which yeah. brings me to my favorite part of the movie, my favorite moment. To me, the whole movie hinges on this moment. And for me, it worked 100%. Earlier in the film, we hear Fleetwood Mac the Chain as the team separates and they're leaving rocket and he's Mm -hmm. mad and 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 star lord says to him you know if you're trying to piss off everybody it's working and he leaves and you're just like oh that breaks my heart a little bit then we get to when when uh the first time i saw the movie yondu says you think i use my head boy when i when i fly my arrow i didn't use my head i thought they were gonna make a dick joke i thought he was telling him like i use my dick and then i thought star lord was gonna be all dick moves this (laughs) but when yondu's getting Smothered by rocks, he goes. I use my heart, and he gets covered up. And then it's it's it's. Is that what he said? He says I use my heart, and because it's Star Lord, and he's and he's and he's like so defeated, and everybody's getting crushed. Right. And you can kind of hear the little like there's like a there's like a lull there's like no music, Mm -hmm. and it's just cut to Meredith Quill and her son listening to music. Cut to. Uh, Peter Quill as a little boy and Yondu showing him something in the woods. Yep. Cut to him and Rocket flying, which yep. is what everybody laughed at. Yep. H- cut to him and Drax laughing. Mm-hmm. Him and Gamora dancing from the first movie, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're just like, oh god damn it! Like it could it make good. it could choke it me good. up right now. Just yeah. it's heart, yeah. his heart. So when when you hear just the, the 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 Fleetwood Mac, the chain, and it comes back, and he says, mm-hmm. "You should have never killed my mom. If you, if you, and if yeah. you don't love me now, if you, how's damn it? How's the lyric go? If you." if you don't, there it is, if you don't <laughs> love me now, and he just flies at him, you'll yeah. never love me uh-huh. again and he's just trying to and kill then his own father Man. and he turns into Pac-Man <laughs> but he just goes full DBZ on him, Oh yeah, collecting rocks and just oh, yeah. becoming full no, star No, it reminded me of Avatar. It was Avatar. It was, Avatar. It was rock it was bending totally and earth Avatar. bending exactly, and, exactly. And, but that moment for me chills because I love Fleetwood Mac, it makes me think about my dad, mm-hmm. like the whole Kurt Russell side, the whole Yondu stuff, all of it was just his father-son story, that's mm-hmm. what the movie is and father-son stories always make me cry they always work for me in movies when they're done well so for me everything hinged on that moment and it was perfectly executed and then the rest of the movie like just worked to serve that moment and Basically. loved it yeah. favorite part of the movie. Yeah. favorite part yeah. of the movie so some of the things
0: i really like i thought the visual effects this was a movie that was filled every frame was filled with stuff yeah whether it was ships characters environmental things uh, action like there's just so much <coughs> happening and so many it's it's a movie that you digest it once for the story but then you go back and you spot so many additional things mm. in concurrent viewings and I think that's I think to me that's the biggest difference between this movie uh, this movie and the first movie and I, it's it could be a budgetary thing could be a time thing whatever it is I think it it allows you to sit there and really look at the movie and be like wow they really James Gunn really wanted every single shot to have a purpose mm-hmm. and mm. it makes it seem like he really wanted every single element in the shot to also have some sort of a purpose. I mean, yeah. when Aisha is chasing the Guardians, and they have those like those pods that they're in—that's mm-hmm. like video oh, game style—and yeah, 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 yeah. they're chasing them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like it's so rich, yeah, with color, and it's so rich with just like action and all these things that are happening. To it's me, pretty impressive.
2: It was the very first opening scene. First, first yeah. like, two minutes it's of the, the movie, best. I was like, oh, I'm going to need to watch this again. Because yeah. there was so, so much stuff happening. happening in that yeah. opening sequence. I Absolutely. feel like I need to watch that end fight scene again. Yeah, There's, there's such big scenes, and I, I agree with you, Adam. Usually, I'm, I'm not a big fan of having super CG, like a super CG-heavy movie, totally. but these guys are unapologetic about it. Yeah. They're like, we're a comic book movie. Yeah. We need this. It. We're going to do this, and they did it in their own style. Totally like, they didn't really try yeah. to make it super photorealistic. Absolutely. They, everything was stylized. Everything mm-hmm. had its own twist. Everything was vibrant. Mm-hmm. Everything felt alive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Another great fight to rewatch over and over again is Yondu and Rocket and Baby Groot versus the Ravagers. So good. Like, I'm glad you guys so finally great. saw that. Come scene. a little bit closer. So Good. I so saw good, that scene so like good. A
2: year ago, yeah. I was like, Everybody <laughs> needs to watch
0: this. That's great. Uh, I think so the good. big standout for me, though, at the end of the movie when Yondu bites the dust. Oh yeah, it oh, was yeah, such a strong, yeah. impactful, powerful moment. I was not expecting it, honestly. Yeah, I didn't think that Peter would lose both of his fathers, uh, one being his dad, one being more of a father. You know what did
1: it for me? It was the way that uh, Chris Pratt's acting. Yes, because when they're yeah. both up in space, I knew what was happening. I knew yeah. what was going to happen. Mm-hmm, you hear mm-hmm. it coming, and it's not even Yandu's last line where he's like you know I, I wasn't your father i may not have been a, he may he, he may have been your father but he wasn't your daddy yeah. yeah it's not even that line it's the fact that chris pratt's going no 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 trying no, to figure out no. how to save him and he's him. crying yeah. and then the last thing yondu does before he fucking dies is he's he just his face. he just wants to look at his son he just wants to look at his son like oh yeah. uh, yeah. you know yeah. and he, yeah. he says something along the lines of like sorry i did everything wrong but but i'm glad you were my boy or yeah. something like yeah. that yeah. just yeah. Ugh.
2: That was the best part of the movie. Yeah, and, so and to me, head.
0: to me it was like when we're talking about, you know, the, and there was a lot of discussion between like Drax and Yondu, who kind of steals the movie. For some things Drax, but I think for the big, heavy emotional impact. Yeah. Up until that point, the movie to me obviously goes up and down, but for the most part in that, in that sequence, that third act, it's pretty comical. Mm-hmm. You get to that point, all of a sudden it switches. like yeah. It does a complete 180, and I wasn't kind of expecting it. And it hit me emotionally, and I didn't think it would because of how funny he had been up until that yep. point. Yeah. Man. And uh, so I was really surprised with, it. oh yeah, Michael Ricker to me was a standout. This one also that, that scene he had those lines he
1: exchanged with Rocket. Yes. Yeah. That helped
0: yeah. set up that last moment yes. because he goes,
1: oh, "You can't fool me, boy. I know what you are because you're oh, me." Oh, that was yep.
2: good. Yeah.
0: Oh, it was cool to see how really, they were trying really to good. build relationship relationships with different characters and how they kind of affect the story, and then you kind of see. Uh, you, you kind of see the payoff at the end mm-hmm. of the movie, which mm-hmm. I thought was really, really good. The last
1: good. shot, technically, before all the end credits start, the last shot is of Rocket Raccoon and he cries one yeah. tear yeah. because he's seeing mm-hmm. the Yondu
2: funeral.
0: The fireworks. That, was a, a that was a beautiful, nice little Relation. tribute yeah. to that character. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
2: let's let's dovetail off of that and, and talk about one of my biggest gripes about the movie. Yeah. Uh, Get so into it. One Get of my it. biggest gripes about this movie was I felt like the jokes were. <laughs> lazy this time around <laughs> like super duper lazy specifically because they went into poop and dick jokes <laughs> as soon as i heard that i was like come on guys because guardians yeah. won the writing and was it smart. won't be my turn it'll yeah. be drax's turn and i <laughs> take, i take famously giant turds or something <laughs> like that funny joke would have worked anywhere else
1: right. but yeah. i feel
2: like the jokes were, were they're definitely written.
1: they're hit and miss for me oh yeah when they yeah. hit
2: they're so fucking right. funny. I was i was listening so to the funny. audience as we were watching the movie yeah. and it was just pockets of people laughing yes. it wasn't like the whole theater was like Agreed. oh this is funny it was people who were really into the movie they mm-hmm. were like oh this is great mm-hmm. but for me i was like oh that joke kind of felt out of place and yeah. then mm-hmm. the rest of the movie i was more conscious of jokes falling out of place mm-hmm. Gotcha. and that's basically my biggest gripes and i feel like the jokes undercut some several Several very important moments as well mm. like emotionally impacting moments i feel like would have been stronger if they wouldn't have had star lord make that make that joke mm. or or something like okay. that there or was drugs or somebody or drax yeah. or somebody yeah so did, that was i saw, my I biggest saw, that, critique. I saw I, that critique i saw that critique i never sure. and you guys know me mm-hmm. i love comedy i love to laugh but there i feel like this time around they took the comedy bumped it up by ten, yeah, and they were just like, "That's what we're getting." Yeah, like, that's we needed a poop joke right there. Yeah, oh, man, and it didn't really, you know. But that's
1: funny. I mean, I'm not, I don't disagree with you because I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. I think that those are all valid criticisms. I feel like, to me, this is the funniest Marvel movie so far, only because the stuff that's funny, the stuff that's up to ten, mm-hmm. it hit so hard you're right, for me. right. You're right. When they come back and little Baby Groot just pukes, right. like there's some moments <laughs> that are so funny you know um but there was absolutely like a lot of stuff that's that relies on that sort of awkward a lot of guardians of the galaxy humor is let's have an awkward conversation in an, an intense situation yeah, yeah and yeah. that's kind of what we do like is this really the great time the best time to be having this conversation right now you're looking for a piece of tape like ha 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 that's kind of guardians that's their right. mo and sometimes for me it works and other times it's like okay guys yeah we got it we're having an awkward that conversation tape joke, right. we're all very joke it's a it's a it's a it's a Tricky balance between what they're – I think what they're trying to do and sometimes what they do do is they try to have, like, conversations and exchanges between characters that, like, they try to make you think, this is how you would talk if you were up in space and you were on a spaceship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. having these little funny side conversations that you don't normally see in science fiction movies. You you wouldn't see something like this in a Star Wars or a Star Trek or some kind of fun, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm action-adventure movie. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't even see something like this in a Captain America movie. You might see something like that in Ant-Man. But you would not see that type of conversation or that type of awkward, almost like The Office-style humor, right, Parks right, and Recreation right, a little right. bit. I mean, that's where Chris Pratt came from. Yeah. Um, so for me, sometimes it does work uh, because that casual nature is what makes these characters feel real. But other times... It, it, you're you're definitely like guys. You're just it you're just pushing it. You out of yeah. it. Yeah. Like I, if I were in this situation, I would not be having this out of place awkward exactly. conversation. I would be exactly. like freaked out of my mind and doing exactly. things. So it's and, and I think
0: and yeah. I think very similar to you. I think we talked about it right after the movie Gosh. was over. I think that's the biggest thing for me is like I don't I, I love I love humor in movies I think it, I think it's needed for some movies I think it, it adds levity mm-hmm. uh, to to heavy drama in a movie but I do think that there are times where the jokes don't necessarily service the story and I feel like there yeah. are yeah. there are a handful in this movie that don't necessarily service the story and I would mm-hmm. prefer to. Mm-hmm take a step back from those and let the characters have the emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at the end when Yondu passes away and, and Star-Lord's giving his big speech. And we have to kind of bookend it with a joke. And it, to me, it just wasn't necessary. The mm. the,
2: uh, the Hasselhoff joke. Yeah. Like when he's trying to oh, give his I dad like a eulogy. See, like I, didn't, I didn't like that. And, and yeah. thinking about it now, I'm like, okay, this is how Quill relates to things right, with right. David Hasselhoff. But <laughs> at the same time... Have a moment, you know, like have a moment with mm-hmm. those two characters.
0: To me, the one thing that I related to is like Ant Man. I think there's the scene with uh, Hope Van Dine and her father when he's telling her how her mother died. It's a beautifully emotional, deep moment between her and her father. And then, and then Paul Rudd has to come in and like that was awesome. Rude. That was Make great. it a joke, yeah. and I'm like, great. I'm gonna get some coffee. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's funny, but I didn't need it in order for me exactly. to somehow be removed from the dramatic tension of the movie. Right, right, sure. Right. I can I can do it on my own and I can do it because of whatever the next thing that follows. I also
1: right. think that there's a reluctance for the filmmakers and also on the audience side. Yeah. There's a reluctance from the audience to kind of buy into those emotional moments and to sort of sit in a PG-13 Marvel movie and let's say cry because one thing I've noticed is that whenever those types of moments happen in these types of movies not just for Marvel but from every company and every mm-hmm. studio when there's an emotional thing I feel like audiences are, we're almost kind of holding our breath and I observed it the second time I watched it just last night where probably during the Peter Quill eulogy I think audiences are waiting for a release they're waiting sure. for this this moment of yeah. levity yeah. so that if one small joke is made audiences audience members go <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because it, yeah. because the whole time up they're kind of like it. right they're kind of doing this and so I think that there's a uh, there's a thinking that like filmmakers feel like they put those in there to relieve the audience right, of feeling right, right, that right, right. and there's also a thinking I think on the audience side that uh, because honestly those jokes by themselves or if you watch a movie a second or third time those jokes are not that funny. They're not as right, funny as the right. first time you see it and the first time you're in that moment right. and in that emotion. it's not expected. Because now you're, you know what the emotion is and you're resting and you're like, okay, Yandu just died. This is so sad. Right. You hear the joke again. You're not going to go, <laughs> you're not going right. to have this like release the way right. that audience audiences do when you're in a right, crowded cause you theater and not at home because you yeah. know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that there's um, – I think the audiences for these types of movies tend to expect that stuff and they'll make when you see a, a movie like this with a crowded audience they'll make something that's not that funny seem like it's funnier because right, they're exactly. laughing more Right, right but if right. you watch that shit at home especially for You're a movie like, you've eh. seen second or third time yeah. it doesn't it, it won't hopefully wouldn't take you out as much like right. it's just kind right. of and I think
0: that's right, the big right. difference between volume 2 and volume 1 whereas when I rewatched volume 1 I felt like I was still having a good time and still sure. laughing for the most part at the same things I laughed with the first time I saw it mm-hmm. maybe not as big and bombastic but I still laughed <laughs> at it mm-hmm. I feel like with this movie if I were to go back and watch watch it again i may not laugh at all mm-hmm. like i did right, the first time right. and i think mm-hmm. that that to me like deadpool i don't yeah i don't mm-hmm. want to say it's necessarily like a huge negative for the movie or that takes me out of the movie but it's kind of a letdown because i would like to be able to revisit a movie mm-hmm. like any sort of kind of like dumb and dumber ace ventura and laugh at the right, same jokes right, that i always right, laughed right. at for the last yeah. 20 years yeah.
1: i saw it within a few weeks of each other the first and second time and the second time i mean i liked it even more and i mm-hmm. think hopefully Uh, this will happen to you too. I think it was because I just love these characters so much Mm -hmm. that I enjoyed the character moments more than I enjoyed the Mm -hmm. jokes the first time I watched it. Does that make sense? Because again, I know the jokes now that now I'm watching it and I'm like, dude, this scene between Rocket and Yondu is so good. This scene between Mantis and Drax is so good. Oh, this scene, like, and I I can enjoy that more. I think
2: you're right. A lot of the things you brought up earlier in the review were things that I didn't process or that I didn't think about in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's mainly because I'm still a little bit hung up on the fact that I don't think this movie was as charming as sure. the first one. Sure. It's not like it definitely light, wasn't there. That, that first it, one was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, man. it was definitely lightning yeah. in a bottle, but I feel like maybe on a second watch I'd, I'd be more apologetic mm-hmm. about the jokes because I know they're coming mm-hmm. right, and really right. focus on the core character moments because we know James Gunn's good and, for and that. And maybe stuff.
0: knowing those jokes going into it the second time, you may kind of reevaluate those jokes based on what your perception of the movie is the second mm-hmm. time. Exactly. And maybe exactly. you look at it again and are like, actually it is a little bit funnier than I thought it is or you'll yeah, be like no right. it actually doesn't work just yeah, as exactly. much as I, I thought
1: so I love the joke at the end where they're getting everybody up to the planet and Peter Quill or somebody's like Drax you gotta get Mantis up to the top and the yeah. thing comes up and he just starts flying and goes
2: ah oh, my nipples Oh ah, yeah, because I they see, set it up earlier like I thought that was great earlier. I thought that was great he yeah. said he doesn't wear that because it chafes his nipples right yeah. Yeah. exactly, no, exactly. I was like, oh, that's which
1: just made me laugh I think a little bit harder The like during the opening scene when he's like it makes my nipples I have very sensitive nipples I probably laughed harder than anybody else in the theater because i'm watching the movie for a second time and oh. i'm like that's gonna pay off later like i you know right, like right. i know yeah, that it's it, a no, thing the yeah
0: the other big thing for me that was i don't want to say it was a letdown and it wasn't anything that kind of ruined the movie for me but i really don't like when we do these movies and we meet important characters that are very important to a character or a story mm-hmm. and then we do the bait and switch where the character ends up being a bad guy mm. and that's kind of wow, where we end up with yeah. ego the living planet okay ego was a character that was built up and and peter quill really wanted to idolize his father he wanted to know who his father was we built up this character we built up this relationship mantis is the one character who's kind of like very apprehensive and very very resistant to tell the guardians kind of what his real plan is so it already there i'm already like oh great so is this character going to become a bad guy is this kind of what the what the shift right, is going to be right, right to me that that was one thing that i really did not like about the movie i would have preferred if they wouldn't have gone that route i would have preferred there was some other you know mm-hmm. third-party threat Galactic that would have came threat, into the movie. Yep. something else <laughs> something that wasn't ego the living planet and maybe if ego the living planet sacrificed himself at the end of the movie and sure. then have Yondu kind of then pick up that, really pick up that father mantle. Yeah. Um, so that to me was, was a downside along with, um, God, what was the other thing? Um, the other thing was, well, you guys can talk on that. And sure. And let me know how you feel about that. I,
1: re- I really liked it. I didn't, I, I, Keller asked me. How's the bad guy? Is the bad guy good? And I said, "This is one of my favorite bad guys in a Marvel movie." And mm-hmm. he's like, "Who plays the bad guy? Which actor?" And I was like, "I'm not going to tell you because it Your will son. ruin it. Will it will yeah <laughs> yeah my son, <laughs> Kurt Russell, son Kurt Russell it will ruin the movie." <laughs> and for me, I I totally get what you're saying, and and it's and it would have been. Uh, interesting to see them go in different ways. I mean, the fact that the ego is Star-Lord's father instead of another character is already different from the comics because there's another character named Jason of Spartax who's just this other humanoid-looking alien character but he just looks like a dude um, who has a similar origin. He comes to Earth, blah, blah, blah. Different from the comics. So, like, it would have been interesting to see what other kind of directions it could have gone in but I loved the, the how technically evil this guy was like more evil than most evil characters we met up sure. to this point on a huge cosmic scale it's a personal story but also the fact that every planet that he dropped one of those little spores on has this little thing happen at the end this big bubbling thing yeah. so like, a, like basically the whole galaxy was in trouble and they were still able to save it made it like bigger in scale for me than the first movie which was just Xandar getting attacked right, by right. by Ronan right so I really liked what they did I knew that it was that when they got Kurt Russell that it's probably going to be a one and done He's an actor, just like a um, Robert Redford, you he's know. Not a franchise or, guy. You know, he's not a franchise guy, right? Yeah. It's like they got yeah. Robert Redford for Winter Soldier, and you're mm-hmm. like, he's probably gonna mm-hmm. be in just this movie, and, <laughs> and that's it, you know. <laughs> yeah. They got going. Glenn Close for the first yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, or Lee Pace to play the villain in that one, and and it would be great to see these actors come back again and again. I'd love to see Hugo Weaving come back as Red Skull. The I have great. my favorites, yeah. but like I'm hoping Kate Blanchett as Hela does not. Die like I hope hella is like a Hela's thing. is
2: not gonna die, dude. But it's you know,
1: Hela. in the same way that we have like Loki and all these really great villains. But I, I thought that Kurt Russell did such a good job, and I just loved the the emotional moment of you shouldn't have killed my mom. For me, yeah, kind of made yeah. it work
0: for me. So that was the other thing that. Yeah. So there are two other things that I problem. To me, I hate the exposition that we've kind of been seeing a trend in movies where it's the exposition done through like these models and these like like Man of sure, did Yeah, Guardians oh, of Galaxy Volume yeah. Two did, I where it's like re- the weird mannequins did. Yeah, has, but, like weird like, mannequin yeah. exposition. I'm like i don't need that yeah the beautiful thing and i said in the logan review the beautiful thing about logan that i love when we talk about the manchester incident Mm -hmm. we don't show it Mm -hmm. it's all up to us to interpret what that history is Mm -hmm. and i prefer when we really focus on two characters having a dialogue where the camera is really just focused on their scene Mm -hmm. the emotional context of what's happening in that scene and what they're talking about so the audience is fully invested because i feel like a lot of people are watching this movie not everybody, but there probably are people who are so focused on what the images are showing you sure. that they're like they're not really processing what he's saying. Yeah, and it may lose you in the story. And at the end of the movie, you're like, wait, but w- what was this whole plot again? Right, like, right. I I really wish that movies would just focus on the character explaining what it is and having a really driven emotional scene with another character. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other thing yeah. that I that I really didn't like, I honestly did not like that idea of uh, implanting uh, Peter's mom with the cancer because to me it was like, mm-hmm. did we really? It felt to me like they were doing it only to, only to service the story. It wasn't, it wasn't really driven by anything other than we need to have it in there. It needs to be a convenience for Peter to turn against Ego, or for those two characters to really have something mm. to battle over. It so didn't you're saying feel, that like it didn't Peter's, feel Peter's, Peter's authentic mom could have still gotten cancer, but just not had a
1: brain tumor put yeah,
2: in her head. Yeah, like by, it didn't feel authentic to me. Okay. Sure. Okay, I see what you're saying, Adam. I I think I sat on the side of Hector mm-hmm. only because I feel like in order to have such a crazy character like Ego work, you need to have to they have you need to have some stories, yeah. just just given. Like, right. You need to have some elements. Some elements are gonna suffer because you have such a crazy concept with the mm-hmm. planet. You know, like when have we had a, a living planet besides Unicron? yeah be in movies you know yeah. like the yeah, big yeah. transformer guy that's coming up uh so i i see both your sides of stories i wish they would have been a little bit more creative mm-hmm. which is where i think yeah. you're going like yeah. they would have been more yeah, yeah, creative with sure. maybe the storyline with the, the exposition the that happen, the maybe shown
1: some of that stuff in the flashback we had kurt russell at the beginning a young cg sort of makeup right, Kurt russell right. what if he what if we had the breakup scene there what if right. they had exactly. the scene where he left the planet and he doesn't come back or he does this thing dude and it puts a little tumor, even, you know
2: we don't even need that look at john bennethall no, yeah. daredevil dude yeah we yeah. got so much emotion from him just His looking
0: monologue. just all dialogue just
2: all face acting yeah. that was and, I, great. and um,
1: I agree with you adam except for one thing i agree that the, it could have been uh, a, a conversation between two characters where he's explaining where ego's explaining who he is what he is blah 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 without the sort of uh what are those called like um uh, they're not uh well, it <laughs> called no when like for school projects diorama, diorama. diorama. thank you yes. without his That's like what I was his at. dioramas yeah, yeah, yeah. except for there was one diorama that was my favorite where it was just him copies of him with every alien species, sure, which I'm sure, like, yeah, sure. I feel like the only reason they did visuals is because something was like, this is so funny. We should just put yeah, this in the sure. We need to do this but, for the rest if of of they could find, If they found a way to do that, but still have a visual yeah. of like a young Kurt Russell with that yeah. red jacket, like
2: getting smooched on by every female by every alien. Plan, every so ridiculous. Alien so so I, ridiculous. I agree with you on that, Adam, though, that yeah. the diorama thing was very distracting. Yeah. Because yeah. I was... I know I said I love the 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 CGness of it, but sure. I couldn't tell what that was. I couldn't <sighs> tell if it was plastic, yeah. if it was like a liquid, if it right. was. I think but they it's was just trying clearly to computer generated. Yeah, of course, right. Of course, but I think they were trying to mimic, mimic marble. Yeah, and I have them be right. like moving marble statues. Right. Yeah. yeah, And yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that are colored. So yeah, look plastic and weird. Right. So it all just ended up looking plastic, yeah. Yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. hot mobile plastic. Yeah
0: yeah yeah. how do you guys feel about the soundtrack now this is a very different soundtrack i feel like from loved the first it movie. very love it. different it's not yeah.
2: as it's not as poppy as the other one mm-hmm. uh definitely not as funky i love the first one because it was just fun- funk. it's so yeah. danceable. every yeah, track is so is danceable but then again i didn't pay attention to the lyrics and i have a feeling hector you paid attention to the lyrics mm-hmm. and you brought it to my attention mm-hmm. that the lyrics are probably more heavy Probably mean a lot more to this movie than they right. did yeah. before. Right. So the movies the some the some are fun catch you, but I think you have yeah. to pay more attention. Some are fun,
1: like come a little bit closer. You're yeah. my kind of man. So big and so well, actually that kind of fits with Yandu a little bit. Right. Shit. You, every,
2: yeah. So well, it, yeah, I think
1: it was um that. um Screen Junkies News that said that there were two songs that really hit on what the themes are. The first one is uh, Fleetwood Max the Chain, mm-hmm. right? The that for that one moment where that happens. The second one I think is Brandy. The song that that wrote, yeah. that, that, uh, yeah. that Kurt Russell like breaks down. He goes, you know, this song's about us, Peter. You know, uh, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. But my love, my life, uh, my lady the is the sea. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that the way that that song thematically plays into the movie was perfect. Yeah. The yeah. fact that it's yeah. in the uh, flashback and that Meredith Quill knows every word to the songs mm-hmm. and he and and uh, ego says that about Meredith later he's like she knew every word to every pop song on the radio and you're like that's where peter gets it from that's right. where he gets yeah. his even though he spent 8 years or however long 10 years 9 years with her on earth until she died and it was 1989 he got zipped up uh he still has it like genetically this power to like right. love yeah. the music yeah. and to you mm-hmm. know always pick the best song and know all the words and everything so Um, I thought that thematically Brandy, and I've been listening to the soundtrack over and over again, and every time I get to Brandy and every time I get to The Chain, but every time I get to Brandy, I'm like, this is Ego's song. This is the movie. Right, right, right. right. uh, That that Ego's a character who is so full of himself, Ego, that he thinks that the only thing that is worthwhile doing is to just make himself every planet, everywhere Mm -hmm. across Mm -hmm. the galaxy. He meets life and he's disappointed. He He meets Meredith and he doesn't give a shit about her. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the theme of... And she loved him. And that's kind of the theme of Brandy, which is real sad that she loves a man who isn't there. You know, Uh, on Brandy's neck, there's a locket made of of finest silver from the north of Spain uh, that carries the name of the man that Brandy loves. The sailor said, Brandy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you could be. <laughs> but my life, my love, my lady. You're coming to karaoke on Saturday, right? oh, Of course. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do gonna Brandy for karaoke. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna gonna be be and the rest of the soundtrack is yeah. so great. Yeah. There's yeah. such good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I
0: think, I think you're right. I think there are one or two songs that in the context of the movie, I think the lyrics have a lot stronger meaning than they did in the first movie. Mm-hmm. But I think overall as a soundtrack, I think Tyler Bates' score was more was something that stuck with me a lot more than what the soundtrack was. Whereas in the first movie, I love Tyler Bates' score for Guardians mm-hmm. of Galaxy mm-hmm. Volume One, but I thought the soundtrack for me stuck yeah. stuck with me when I walked yeah. out of the theater.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I, and and I think that was just mainly due to that maybe they thought a little bit more about their song choices. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. in the first one, the pop songs overshadowed everything because mm-hmm. they were so catchy and so, mm-hmm. funny right, and so right, everything. Right, right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, overall, overall, final thoughts on this movie, since you know, we don't want to go for too yeah. long. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts on this movie. I really liked it. Did not love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't have the charm of the first one. Uh, but overall, I would recommend everybody to go watch this movie. Yeah, I think it's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think it's I, a good addition.
1: I don't think it's as good of a movie on its own as the first one. I think, again, that was lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. and it was so mm-hmm. well done. Thankfully, though, that James Gunn was working on this one, writing and directing by himself. We don't have Nicole Perlman. We'll never know what she contributed mm-hmm. to that first mm-hmm. film. But it's in good hands. I think that James executed his vision. I think that the cast was fantastic. And I also think that... Looking at this movie more than any other sequel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this really does feel like parts one and two are part of a large two part movie. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? 100%. So, like, I think they enhance each other, like we talked about a little bit. I think that loving and knowing the first one makes the second one better, and vice versa. So, it's tough for me to go. It, that it's not as good as the first one because I just feel like it really is part two. It's like it's, like, mm-hmm. it's connected to it's it. It's like 1.5. Yeah. It's like as, Superman the movie and Superman 2. It's They're yeah, very all, connected. It's, very one connected. Thing, yeah. it's yeah. definitely a continuation. Um, so it's up there for me for like the top five Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, okay. depending okay. on how good volume three is going to be. This could take it for the best trilogy. Along with uh, Captain America, has a solid trilogy, and people really dislike Iron Man three and two, um, but Iron Man three is good. Iron Man one's fantastic. There's no, there's nothing else that really comes close to like the con- the the continuity and the sort of consistency right. between. Installments of a, a, of a you know like a subcategory franchise in the Marvel Cinematic right, Universe, right, right. volume one and two, so consistent. So um, yeah, not as good by itself, but I love this movie. I loved it. I love this movie so much, and I liked it even more the second time. And I'll probably be uh, rewatching it again and again. I love these mm. characters.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I think uh, I think I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it mm-hmm. so 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 mm-hmm. so much. I didn't love the movie. I, did, I do think that it didn't have as much of the charm as Volume 1. I think mm-hmm. there are characters who are more charming in Volume 2 than they are in Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think mm-hmm. some of the plot points in Volume 1 work a little bit better. I think there are things about the villain that work better in Volume 2 than they mm-hmm. do in Volume 1. I think some of the motivations work a little bit better. So, I But I do completely 100% agree. I think that these two movies are really one big major story. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. the fact that even though it takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's allowed to be its own story. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. need it to be like Volume 1 was where it's interconnected with Thanos and all this kind of stuff. Right, and right. To push that narrative of Infinity War forward, I'm yeah. glad that they let James Gunn just kind of tell a story in another corner of the Marvel Universe where it's like, yeah you know what's coming mm-hmm. you already know that infinity war is going to happen you mm-hmm. know the guardians are going to be in it with the avengers we don't need to focus on it mm-hmm. it's going to happen well, let's just tell a story that's very mm-hmm. independent that we can focus on these characters their stories um so yeah overall thoughts i think it was a really good time i think you guys really love it i saw it in 3d i really like the 3d minus a few little things that i think only you and you and i and a few yeah other people oh i caught
1: i cut a couple little things too but i was like nah overall yeah so i think great. overall so knows,
0: I, I had a really fun time with that i thought they really try to use a lot of the environmental things uh in that universe to really really make 3d pop mm-hmm. uh and then i think also the color obviously yeah. and things like that there's a lot of elements that really make it a, a really fun movie mm-hmm. And um, Sylvester
1: Stallone is not part of the marvel cinematic universe oh, yeah. which is now awesome we have yeah stone. come
2: yeah. on and Don't. bing Rings. Oh. yeah biggest
0: <laughs> bummer no yeah. tango and cash Oh, no
2: tango on yeah, cash. No. I, sure, that's the sure, one thing sure. I wanted. And, uh, and I
0: thought what, what did
1: we too. make of all of the uh, post-credit sequences? Craglin maybe going to be the next Yondu, with sure. a little thing. Maybe. That's fun. I thought the post-credit scenes were
0: great. I thought the the little teaser Adam Warlock, yep. the original Guardians, yep. uh, the stuff that they had with uh, teenage Groot was hilarious. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. and I love, and I, and that's another thing. Again, that's why I I really like this movie. The fact that it's it does not have to tie in the Marvel Cinematic yep. Universe. Right. It's not a teaser for Thor Ragnarok. It's not a teaser for Infinity War. It's little, these little chewable, little fun things for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, maybe going into three. Who knows? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's just, for me, the biggest question is Adam Warlock, and why are we going to care about him before Infinity War? We've heard, we've heard,
1: he's not going to be in Infinity War. So, yeah. James Gunn said that setup was just basically for Volume 3. Well, then, he was supposed to be in 2. He
0: was supposed to be in 2. They couldn't questions. fit in too many characters, so they're going to mm-hmm. save him for 3. I okay. have
1: a feeling Doctor Strange is going to yes. replace a that lot of Adam Warlock's sure, series. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're going to be right. I think you're going to yeah. be right. So Overall,
0: great movie, guys. Check it out. Make sure you guys check it out. Let us know in the comments below what you thought about Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. Volume it. 2. Also, want to remind you guys, it's we just started a Patreon patreon.com slash hyper we're doing a whole lot of stuff we've got a lot of different tiers that we offer one of them being trailer reactions if you guys donate to a certain tier mm-hmm. us and our friend erica ishi will do a trailer reaction customized just for you make sure you guys check it out Aww, links snap. in the description below also make sure you guys subscribe right here to hyper rpg check out all the latest videos that we are doing so much good stuff we'll catch you guys in the next review it's
2: good to be Bye. back you guys